0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 614 of the Juicebox Podcast. On this episode of the Juicebox Podcast, I'll be speaking with Megan, who is the mother and wife of a person with type 1 diabetes. Today on the program, she and I make the chit-chat for your amusement and pleasure. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. U.S. resident who has type 1 or is the caregiver of someone with type 1? Please head over to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Join the registry. Take a quick survey. Help the podcast. Help people living with type 1 diabetes. You can do it while you're on the toilet. Like, I mean, it's that easy. You could quite simply make a doo-doo and help people with type 1 at the same time. Go test yourself. See if you're up to the challenge. Can you poo and take a survey? T1DExchange.org forward slash juice Don't forget to turn on the fan. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, g hypopen Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. This most exceptional episode of the Juicebox Podcast is also brought to you by Touched by Type 1. Head over to touchedbytype1.org to find out more about my favorite diabetes organization. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. You're looking for Touched by type one you can do it type it into the browser touched by type one.org the one is a number you must have booked this a while ago huh
1: it's been a very long time ago yes
0: the the reason i say that is because it's an upgraded way i do it now that that includes you know A couple of sentences from the person about, like, you know, the main overview of why I might want to come on the show. I can't find emails from you. I can't find anything. Like, I.
1: We talked on Instagram, but we never, like, yeah.
0: When I do it through Instagram, I'm always like, I don't know. So, (laughs) so I'm sure that's more comforting. Uh, I'm sure. I think
1: we chatted like very, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it was just like, I gave my the synopsis of whatever and then you were like oh okay cool
0: i'm not changing my mind i'm just saying that uh (laughs) i might seem (laughs) a little lost for the first couple i'm
1: not that interesting
0: would you you imagine if you if five minutes into this i was like "Mm, we're we're done
1: (laughs) (laughs) i was actually thinking about that before this i was like huh i'm actually not very interesting i don't really know what i'm doing and this could be a, a big flop
0: no it's gonna be great i um you are being recorded now just so you know Um, but, uh, no, I, listen, I, I won't lie, right? There's been a time or two where someone starts talking and either their speech pattern rubs me the wrong way or they're, they're a little slow to their answers and I just take it as a challenge. I'm like, I I can still make this good. (laughs) I know I can. I will make this good. I know there's a good episode in here. I'm going to find it. (laughs) Anyway, yeah,
1: I'll find the nugget of uh, of goodness in all this garbage. It, yeah,
0: in truth, it doesn't happen often. Like, it's just, there's once yeah. in a while where you're like, ooh, boy, uh, I don't know what to do about this. There's I, I <laughs> It's like three times in my memory I've thought, maybe I should talk to people before I do this. <laughs>
1: right, right. Let me vet this before it happens. But I find no, in general, it.
0: people don't reach out if they're not fairly confident that they're good communicators and things like that. So...
1: Oh. Yeah, well, I could be the first who uh, really, you know, drops the ball. So there's always a first.
0: Well, let's find out. Go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: <laughs> I'm Megan Kenny. I live in Baltimore with my husband, Mike, my daughter, Charlotte, we call her Charlie, and my son, Jack. Um, we, My daughter was diagnosed March of uh, this year, or last year, 2020. And my husband was diagnosed uh, when he turned 30, so seven years ago in January.
0: Okay, okay, okay. So I have two
1: type 1s. Wow.
0: All <laughs> right. Okay. Give it to me one more time. The type 1s are? Yeah.
1: So my husband, Mike, yep. is type 1. He's 37. He was diagnosed at 30. Okay. And my daughter, Charlotte, we call her Charlie, uh, was diagnosed at the age of 5 in March of 2020, so right before COVID.
0: Okay, so Mike is thirty. He's thirty-seven now. That's seven years. Charlie, uh, just a couple of not even. She's like here. a
1: year and a half. Yeah, a year and a
0: half in. Not oh, even. Yeah. How old, how old is she again? She's six. Six. Wow. Okay. Well, I guess your husband. Can't, <laughs> I guess your husband can't give you crap about anything ever again, right? Like you. T-
1: <laughs> I mean, you would think, right? You'd think I have a free pass for life, but.
0: Just stare at him like, I got the, I gave the kids blonde hair. What did you do? Uh, (laughs) Anyway,
1: (laughs) exactly. And you brought to the table autoimmune disease.
0: Isn't that, isn't that interesting to, yeah, it really is. It is a a crazy thing. Like you can't blame anybody, right? Like, did he know that it was in his family line?
1: So interestingly enough, his mother also had type one, um, diagnosed at 42. So obviously a very strong genetic predisposition right but before so we had started trying to have kids right right around the time he was diagnosed uh-huh. one of my good friends from college um also married a type one and they had done like talked to a geneticist and and done a bunch of research before they started trying to have kids so i kind of like you know tailed off her information we actually went to see um a genetic te- counselor, I guess, uh, before just to sort of see what we were looking at. And basically they were like, we can't give you any quantifiable information that would say your chances are this much higher, Right. which I now believe to be absolute garbage. But, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> that was what we were told. Not that that would have ever changed our decision to have kids, but I just kind of wanted to see what we were looking at. Um, cause there's also autoimmune stuff in my family. My dad has MS. Um, so, uh, you know, we knew obviously our risks were higher, but in my mind, because Mike was diagnosed, his mom was diagnosed so late, his Mike was diagnosed so late. I was like, well, if our kids get it, at least they'll get through college. <laughs> and uh,
0: I might be dead by no. the time it happens to get me out of this. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. I was like, yeah, the odds are in my favor that, you know, at least, well, it won't be a little kid situation, but.
0: Wow. So how long? Yeah. Yeah. So his mom was. In her early 40s. How old was he at that point? Yeah. You know?
1: um, under 10. Math okay. is not my strong suit. No, that's okay. But he was a child uh, living at home yeah. at that
0: point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, he remembers her diagnosis. He remembers her losing a bunch of weight. Um, but she always dealt with... Like, I knew nothing about diabetes based on her treatment of her diabetes. Like She up until she actually passed away uh 6 years ago um but like i knew nothing like she did vials and syringes she was very secretive about it you know it was very like hush hush so i think mike knew that it was something that was manageable and that you could easily function and live with and you know have a normal life but he didn't know the ins and outs because they kept it very quiet
0: interesting it's not yeah. not uncommon yeah. Either. And I think
1: it's generational. I mean, yeah. they were definitely like older for their age group. They, you know, they seemed older, they acted older. So I just think that that was sort of the, how they did things. It, you know, it was more of like a, we'll deal with this. Don't worry about it. You know, we got this, but um, then, you know, Mike obviously had to deal with it on his own and it was a totally different, a totally different story.
0: Right. Isn't that interesting how so quickly through a couple of generations, it shifted to where, I mean, I turned 50 the other day and I'm not. Happy like, birthday. Oh, no, no. I wasn't fishing, but thank you very much. That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to give context for people who are listening, but uh, <laughs> uh, I don't look 50. I don't, right. I don't look 30, but I don't look 50. And right. And I just, as I look back, I think my life is just easier than people's used to be. Like you know what I mean? Like totally. You, you, I
1: mean, it's a totally different. I even think about my dad who is seventy-one, and then I think about my grandparents when they were seventy-one, and it's like not even in the same realm of. You know, no. it, it's it's just so different. Yeah, age no. is so different now.
0: It, it's it's lovely, but um, that, yeah, that whole thing about. Like a lady hiding her medical stuff and, and that kind of thing. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's gender, probably not. Like, I think a lot of people hide their diabetes stuff, but yeah. I, I definitely I mean, know even that- my
1: husband, yeah, even my husband, who's, I mean, we're under forties, 37, we're 37. He is still kind of quiet about it. You know, he wears a Dexcom he got when Charlie was diagnosed, but. He does his. He's MDI. Does injections in private. He he's just not all about like you know yeah. putting it out there. Like I always whenever he starts, he started a new job a couple years ago, and I was like, can you just make sure that someone in your office knows that you're diabetic? Like just someone. I, you know, you don't need to like wear a you know a, a pin on your shirt, but like just you know just in case make you know whatever. Better. But yeah. um, make me feel better. And he's just very.
0: Quiet keeps to about himself it. about it okay. which yeah Megan I have to figure out where there's but. a little noise coming through your phone before we keep going are you doing this through a computer or a cell phone
1: computer I'm going to switch
0: can you move your phone away from the computer
1: yes is that better
0: We'll find out when you start talking again. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I listen. Things are way different now because I I've seen my daughter with her friends, and if one of them needs like a pad or something like that, they'll like walk through a restaurant and be like, "Hey, I need a pad," and like take oh, yeah. it and walk back with it in their hand. Like they you know what I mean? Like, I I, I do think right. that's a newer uh, a newer kind of freedom, which is lovely. Uh, but uh, oh yeah, yeah. But I feel I feel like your your husband's a good example, like of the. The being, it's not secretive, right? It's just private. Is yeah. That, is that the difference? Yeah. And he doesn't, there.
1: yeah, he doesn't keep it like, you know, under lock and key, but he's definitely not, uh, it's, it's, he, I think really what it is, it, he doesn't want it to be his identity. He doesn't want it to be the forefront of people meeting him being like, oh, Mike, the type one diabetic. Like, I think, that he's worked really hard to just kind of make it a part of his life and not the entirety of his life. So the way he deals with it is just sort of um, as, you know, a lower level element to who he is and Mm -hmm. who his identity is. And we've worked really hard at, in a short time, Charlie's been diagnosed making that a similar situation for her. Like I I just, I want it to be, charlie first and then you know
0: the other stuff that comes along with her i think that's a good idea okay we do have to figure out your noise though so when you're talking it's getting i'm
1: on AirPods. do you want me to take get them off
0: do you have a different kind of headphone or can you just take them off and see what happens Mm, yeah you sound terrific but there's this electronic popping while you're talking huh it goes like like that Disconnect.
1: Okay. Let's see if that's better.
0: That's horrendous. Okay. So <laughs> is that worse? No, this is horrendous. This will make, okay. this will make me jump out of a window. Um, okay. <laughs> can we okay. try, what else can we try?
1: Oh, so, I could also go to my other computer. I'm on my laptop.
0: Well, I don't I know. Click. I can't tell at the moment if it's the headphones or if it's the, the computer. I'm not sure. <laughs> Like Sometimes when your cell phone's nearby, your okay. cell phone pings things and it creates interference. I thought it might be that, but you moved the phone and that didn't do it.
1: Okay, I went farther away from my phone. I also live in an actual shoebox, so <laughs> being far away from my home is, or my phone is not that far away. <laughs> just, I can go upstairs. You just have anybody? to throw
0: your phone out the window. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, li- I literally might have to go put it in my car.
0: Wait, you're wearing oh, your headphones no, again? All the way up. Do you have the AirPods back on? <laughs>
1: Sure. Yeah. Is that good or bad?
0: No, I, I mean, it sounds better now. So maybe your phone just wasn't quite far enough away. We'll find out.
1: Okay. I put it I put it even farther and I moved my actual physical body to a chair.
0: Okay. Were you standing?
1: I was sitting at the table, but then I moved to the chair very, very close to the table. But, you know, maybe it's change of scenery.
0: Oh, very nice. Well, I appreciate the effort. Um, okay. <laughs> So I, ser- <laughs> I seriously do like there's uh there's just a part of me that knows that if i was listening to a podcast and there was popping while someone was talking i'd be like i'm out of this so uh you could start being like oh, I, definitely. I, I know how to be definitely. rich i'm gonna tell you where to find gold right now and i'd be like eh, i can't listen uh not if it's gonna pop like that uh, no yeah uh no. but anyway <laughs> such a such a first word problem i got uh audio and it just wasn't perfect uh, but anyway that's all i think about it
1: so i had to turn it off
0: you're good. I think exactly. you're good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you, I, I, um, there's okay. an interview that just went up the other week with a guy who's like, you know, out in the, in like a really cold state in the middle of winter. And I'm like, what's that noise? And he's like, it's my furnace. And there was a split second where I thought to myself, is that, <gasps> is that okay? Or should he have to freeze to do this? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't think we can handle You're going to have to be cold. Put yeah, on a layer. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, 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 I need audio nice and clean. <laughs> You go outside. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, so okay.
1: it does make a difference.
0: Yeah. Well, so you're in an interesting situation, aren't you? How long have you been married?
1: Uh, I'll be ten years this year. I've been the... together for what, seventeen.
0: Oh, okay. I love the pause. I was like, does she not know how long? Yeah, she's we got been together.
1: <laughs> 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 Let me rack my brain. Um, no, we got we were we got together my junior year of college. So we've been together for. A long
0: time, but married okay. for ten. Well, 10. well that, that's the, I like the roundness of the numbers. So you met him when he was like twenty. You've been with him for seventeen years. Ten of those, the last ten of those years, you've been married. He gets he gets diagnosed when he's thirty, and so you're with him for ten solid mm-hmm. years before he's diagnosed. So I want to know first what that's like, because you were married for what three years? Then. Um,
1: yeah. So. 30, 27. Yep, exactly. Three years. So, um, it was, it was shocking, honestly. It, it was very, um, I mean, I think we kind of, since we kind of grew up together, you know, we, before we were in college, you don't really know who you are. We're figuring it out. We, we kind of, you know, started our careers together, you know, bought our first house. It was all this stuff where his diagnosis, as much as, now looking back on it is just, was just a blip. Really. It it felt like a big deal. Like I, and I think unless he hit it really well, I think I almost took it harder than he did. I think I did like a flash forward of like, but kids, but you know, life, but travel, but I didn't, I didn't realize sort of that it would just become part of day to day. I think it, you know, it felt like such a bigger um, challenge in the moment. Then it would eventually become okay. Not, not to discredit that it's
0: no, no, no. I, I'm but, following you. Yeah. You
1: know, it felt it felt massive in in the diagnosis, and then you know, it sort of just becomes part of life.
0: So, if he is staying private about it, is it possible that you're not seeing the full impact of it?
1: It's funny because I think before my daughter's diagnosis. I saw twenty five percent of it. I did not understand the constant calculation, the constant planning, the you know what it really entailed. Mm -hmm. Because he did keep it to himself, and and I honestly, he was not a great diabetic before Charlie was diagnosed. Like his A one C was high. He he just he. It's almost like he didn't have time for it. He didn't want to bother with it. He wanted to just work on his career and have his friends and, you know, do our own thing and not let that, you know, curtail his good time. Um, And then I think Charlie's diagnosis really jolted him and his care for his own health.
0: Well, here's why I really appreciate your answer because it's honest, first of all, but also because it highlights a thing that I'm a little focused on. And that is people saying, no, it was great. It went fine. Or, yeah, everything's good. How's your A1C? It's great. Did I just lose you? Me and I'm here. You're there, but I can't hear myself suddenly. Hold on a second.
1: Oh, really? I'm freaking out.
0: I'm having a stroke. (laughs) This is it. This could be how it ends, people. Hold on a second.
1: (laughs) I told you this is going to be a real.
0: It could just be this. Settings. No, that's right. Where did my headphones go? I'm still being rude. Oh, I know what happened. Don't you worry. Hold on one second. Everybody cut me a break here. All right.
1: (laughs) Technical difficulty. I'm about
0: to tell a story that's going to make you feel bad for me. So just chill out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I used the wrong template for your episode Mm, and it had weird weird volume uh, adjustments set up but that freaked me out I just disappeared in my ears like my my voice comes through my ears at just enough of a level that I'm subconsciously aware of it but I can't I I wouldn't know that I'm hearing myself but the minute it goes away it feels like I'm in a vacuum talking right my my mouth is moving and nothing's coming out (laughs) so hey really sorry what
1: is happening let's see if I can go back
0: to my thought Um, which is that I think that too often people say things are okay when they're not like they just do. Like I asked you like, how was it, you know, with your husband being diagnosed, married for three years, been together with him probably for a decade. And you're like, Oh, it wasn't bad. Then we talk for three seconds. You're like, I probably only knew about 25% of the impact. And if I'm being fair, it's possible he's hiding some of it. So you don't, you don't know, but it is your, Default to answer, it's going good. And I think what that means is it's going good. No one's dead. The house isn't on fire. Like, and we, we have to all stop measuring our health by the fact that we're not dead right now. Like, that's such an, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, well, it, it's yeah. it's a weird way to think about things. You know, if I if I told you there was an army coming from four miles away and their goal was to decimate your town and you couldn't see them. And I said, how are things right now? You'd be like, oh, they're fine. <laughs> Instead of saying, right. oh, no, we got to bug out of here. Like, there's problems. You, you know, it, right. so it's a very common answer that people give, which is why you have to really interview them. Because you have to get to, like, how's your A1C? It's good. Then you talk for a little longer. And it's like 7.9 or 8.5. And it's like, what do you mean it's right. good? Well, it's better than it used to be. Okay. Right. It's better than it used to be. It's not good. It, it, like, that's the um, that's the context I like to have these conversations in. So just to go to your husband for a second, and I obviously don't know him. I'm not speaking to him. But I can tell you that somebody close to me has been having a problem for a couple of weeks And I am as close to devastated by it as you can imagine. And Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone around me knows that.
1: Right. 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 Because you put on a face and you deal with it. And, you know, you got other stuff to deal with. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard and it's easy to compartmentalize, you know, what's really going on. But I do agree with, you know, wholeheartedly with what you said about people hiding what's really going on. Because you know, it's, it also makes the people that you're speaking to when you say, oh, it's fine, it's good, everything's great. It makes them feel like they're doing something wrong, because it's not good. And it's great. And it's not fine. You know, there are days and moments where, yeah, it really does feel okay. But there are plenty of moments where it does not feel like it's going how it should be going. So I I mean, I think in every person I've met and through diabetes, and They're, you know, both of their diagnoses, diagnoses, diagnoses.
0: Oh, that's fun. Let's Um, try some other variations of the world. Diagnoses.
1: (laughs) Diagnoses. I believe it's Um,
0: diagnoses.
1: um, Diagnoses. Yeah, I think so. You were. I mean, I was a journalism major and I can barely write a sentence anymore. (laughs) Like truly, it is horrifying.
0: Would you like to uh, shout Um, out your college so people don't go there?
1: (laughs) Yes. Shout out University of Maryland. Do not uh, get your degree from there because it will last in your brain for three years. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's, you're doing a disservice to the people around you by saying, you know, it's all good when, you know, a little bit of transparency might help them think, oh, okay, you know, it can be a struggle. And, Correct. um, yeah. yeah, I think that was just so important and learning from experiencing it from such a different side. Like I, I really do feel like I learned very, very little when Mike was diagnosed up until Charlie's diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And I think that I sort of beat myself about it, up about it now, even though it's, it's, it's truly not my responsibility, but I wish I would have known more because I think there could have been several years in there where we were, you know, working as a team, if you will, to sort of figure it out and lower his A1C and, and make him feel more in control of it. Um, And, and, you know, it took Charlie's diagnosis to really get us there as a family.
0: Yeah. I always wonder when people aren't candid with each other, if, if it isn't a little bit of like the fear of what's going to get mirrored back to you when you tell somebody, like when you look at your wife and you're like, Hey, I, I don't feel in control right now, or I'm scared. If you don't want your wife to know you're scared. Or if you right. don't if you don't want your husband to know you're scared, like a, like that kind of a thing. If you don't want a stranger to right. know it's gonna open a can of worms. <laughs> well well, so in the context of a of a relationship, yes. Like imagine if in a perfect scenario, life going pretty well, nobody gets sick, you know, we've got a couple dollars to pay our bills, you live a whole life and it's very nice, but suddenly you get stressed, like put a stressor in there and you learn that one of you isn't as good of a person as you seem to think they were like, right? Like all of a sudden you're like, Oh, under pressure, Megan's kind of not nice to me. Like, what if that's what your husband was worried about? Like, what if I tell her I'm weak? Basically, that's how it's going to feel to him. And instead of you going, it's okay, honey, I'll help you. You go, "Mm, I did want a stronger guy. (laughs) Like, like, that's the fear, (laughs) right? Like in your heart, when you're like, when you're going to tell somebody something. So Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So relationships are a horrible mistake. Is that what you're saying? Because how can I just
1: (laughs) what I'm saying is, yes, never get married. And yeah, live alone in
0: a hole by yourself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, live alone. You'll figure your own stuff out by yourself. You know, that's it. Well,
0: that's why it's it's, it's, that's why it's a two way street, because everybody has to give a little bit so that everybody can feel comfortable giving the rest. But how do you make that happen? Yeah, yeah, I it's mean, hard.
1: it's it's a challenge. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely difficult. It
1: is a challenge. Difficult, yes.
0: So you live through this whole bit with your husband. Mm-hmm. At this point, now you—I mean—seem you like a bright lady. His mom's got it. Mm-hmm. He's got it. You're like deceiving Scott. Oh, no, is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my good job. Of-
1: <laughs> I got you there. Um, no, but yes. I in my head, I knew because of clearly there was a you know line of type one diabetics, I was not blind to the fact that it was a possibility, but I think I was totally in denial. that it was that it was a possibility.
0: This is gonna be okay. Whistle a happy tune, keep going, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Right. And I was like, you know what? I did all the right things. I had a healthy pregnancy. I nursed my kid for a long time, all the things that they said to do to, you know, lower your risk of, you know, diabetes or autoimmune or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm doing the thing. So like, we're going to be good. And, um,
0: everything Kathy Hoda told you,
1: <laughs> I, I mean, if no one else, Kathy Hoda. but yeah, I just thought that it was going to be good and little did I know. Um, mm-hmm. no, but it, it was definitely, it surprised me, but it didn't shock me.
0: <laughs> right. Well, this is where yeah. you have to start wrapping your head around more existential ideas, which is if you really stop and think about all of the families that you know, just break it down into the families that you know, pick the one out where everything's perfect for everybody. I I don't know one. Right. I'm assuming, There's none. Yeah. yeah I, I'm assuming zero. you don't either. <laughs> and there are some people where you're like, oh, they have, you know medical issues or they have financial issues or, hey, that kid seems to set houses on fire or, you know, like, like whatever, like, you know, you know, you know, everyone's got like just a little bit of arson. Yeah. Where you're like, that kid, that kid is definitely going to start killing birds soon. Like you have that feeling when you're looking at them, right? So, uh, but everyone's got something. The real tragedy is when they get all of them. When a financially disenfranchised person is also, being abused by a spouse and gets type one diabetes and then thyroid disease and celiac. Right. And like, that's that, those are the people who, who I think we need to have the most compassion for. And I think that Absolutely. It's, it's valuable to remember that no one's getting out of this alive and very few people get through it unscathed. But
1: totally. And that's honestly, that's one of the first things I thought about when, when Charlie was diagnosed, I was like, We have the financial means to get the technology we need. We have great health insurance. We will be okay. And my head immediately went to what about all of these other people who face this same disease without the benefit of, you know, uh,
0: the things you need,
1: uh, the things you need. Yeah. Yeah, It's that, that really like crushed me a little bit.
0: It's hard to, um, resolve inside of you when when you have insurance yeah. and you know about people who don't or when you know ex, you know on and on those things
1: um yeah i mean i had a conversation with another type 1 mom who had recently been diagnosed and and she said um something like I, she must have said it on a forum or something that um well why don't you just get a cgm you know if you're having all this trouble just you know just get a cgm and the you know the person was like well we don't have insurance our insurance doesn't cover it or whatever and it's like Putting that in perspective of how easy, in you know quotation marks, our life is in co- comparison to all these other people who have the same stuff we deal with, but don't have all the added you know benefits of all the things we have to make our lives easier.
0: Yeah, no, it's um, it's incredibly difficult to have perspective when you don't have perspective you know, right. I, you know, yeah. I, there are plenty of other, I, I, it's a silly thing. It's not silly. It's it's trite because your mom said it to you when you were little. You're like, feed that. There are poor people somewhere that are starving, you know, just eat, mm-hmm. f- finish your food. It, it's hard to recognize that, you know, for all the things you might hope for, for civilized society to get better at, places that are in that situation are hundreds of times better off than some other places that exist right now on the planet. Like right now, right. And it's um, yeah. it, it it's it's. Listen, you getting diabetes, your son getting it, your daughter getting it, your husband getting it. That is a huge impact. It is. It, it it should not be minimized. And when I say you need to find perspective, that perspective shouldn't come on day one. Like you don't sit in the hospital going, right. well, you know. It, it, it takes time to see it. And if your blood sugar is constantly low and then rising up and you feel horrible and crashing down and you're calling the ambulance all over the, you know, because you're passing out and falling out of bed and all these other things are happening. Well then you know what? You probably don't have a lot of time to search for a perspective. And, and then it becomes, right. it, it becomes irritating to hear from somebody. Um, and so, right. you know, there's a, a lot of steps that have to get you to the point where you can find some clarity and try to step back and see a bigger picture. A lot of people don't even get to that point. And I think that's important to remember.
1: A hundred percent. And I think that we had so many things on our side when Charlie was diagnosed, not only the experience of Mike's diabetes. So, you know, we're in the hospital and we were there for 24 hours. They let us leave because they knew we knew what we were doing.
0: Gvoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre mixed auto injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is GVOC Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit Gvoke Glucagon dot com slash risk. Let me just remind you before we head back to Megan to check out t one dexchangeorg exchange.org forward slash juicebox and take that survey podcast is over 30 minutes old by now. You could have made your poopy and done the survey by now while you were listening to the podcast. But if you haven't, there's still time. Do you have to go? Do you feel any rumbles? Anything happening? Mm? Are you regular? You go every day, don't you? If you don't go every day, you might want to look into that. That's the side of what I'm talking about, though. T1DExchange.org forward slash Juicebox. I also want to remind you to head over to Touched by Type 1. It's a great organization doing wonderful things for people with type 1 diabetes, and you should know more about them. And you can at touchbytype1.org.
1: They knew, we knew how to carb count. We knew what insulin was and how it worked. We knew, you know, all these things that people come in out of the blue with no experience of this, of diabetes, and they you know, are basically starting a crash course from, you know, page one. And we had that on our side. So I think that we had that. And then we had immediately got connected with people who were incredible. And, you know, I had this woman, Lauren, who I got connected with through um, a mutual friend from work. And I think we went home from the hospital for 24 hours. She called me, she checked out on me every day. She let me cry to her. She let me ask her every single question. She texted me like she was like, truly my guardian angel in all of this and was like, there to support me and just help me figure it out. Um, She gave us your podcast immediately. I started listening. I mean, we weren't even a week diagnosed. I, I truly credit the fact that we're a year and a half in. And I have her a one C at a 6.2. And I sort of feel like some days I know what I'm doing because we had this kickstart. And I think that like, that's one thing that I just feel so strongly about pushing forward is like having that community of people around you and reaching out to the newly diagnosed family and putting yourself out there to really be that support person. If you have the capacity to, to just even share those little bits of information, like I mean, I think three families since Charlie's been diagnosed, I've I've started, you know, speaking to the moms and helping them just with little things like that you don't necessarily need a 15 carb correction, you know, for for that low that, you know, you're freaking out that why are they spiking after, you know, a low correction because the hospital tells you it needs to be 15 carbs, like little things that you would eventually figure out, of course. Yep. But to have that information up front is just It just saved me so much
0: angst. Right. And I'm assuming it showed you a world where you thought, oh, maybe my husband needs help too.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think that came on his own, like that realization came on his own. And I think it almost scared him straight. Like, well, first of all, he got a little competitive. He was like, Charlie can't have a better A1C than me. Like this is, (laughs) you know, this, this this isn't fair. I'm years into um, this.
0: (laughs) I
1: I should know what I'm doing, but I think he also wanted to be a positive role model. He wanted to, you know, they wear their Dexcoms and they have the matching pump peels. And it's like, it, it made this like scary, weird thing for a five-year-old to have so much less scary and weird because she had a family member in her own house who was going through the same stuff. Like when she started to figure out her low symptoms and Mike was like, Oh, use your belly feel really empty, like really hollow. Like you're really sweaty. He's like, Oh yeah, I have that too. Like they had that connection and they were already super tight, but it just like super glued them together, which has been the bright light in this absolute, you know, garbage storm.
0: Can I ask you a question that it's possible you won't want to answer? Um, yeah. <laughs> was he a good dad before diabetes? Oh, amazing. Yeah. And this just yeah, upped he, his game.
1: Yes. I mean, I think it also just put so much perspective in it. Like, I think I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think he partially felt responsible. I mean, eh, 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 you know, (laughs) I I, I wish I understand and I would feel the same way. And, you know, I, I, I don't discredit that feeling, but I think that he just, he felt like he owed it to her to make it normal you know, yeah. make it feel like just, you know, we're, we're, we figure it out. Like, you know, we're just not going to make it the end all and be all of our lives. And I think that the way that he came at diabetes is a little more, I don't want to say lax, cause that's not the right word, but just not as it doesn't overwhelm his life in, in a positive way. I think he's tried really hard to kind of show charlie that like you can do everything you want to do you can be totally normal you can act however you know you can do the sports you can what literally whatever you want to do it can still happen so i think that that perspective played a huge role in in just like how we sort of settled into it
0: the most interesting aspect of that to me is that is that without this without charlie right without her diagnosis your husband, I would assume, likely goes on the path he was on until something else either knocks him off of it or forever. And I'm, I'm, en- it, I'm, end- it I'm It's a sorry. scary
1: thought. Yeah. <laughs> Megan, I'm, about that.
0: I'm endlessly interested by the idea that people have a hard time doing a thing that obviously he could do for himself, but a very easy time doing it for someone else.
1: Absolutely. I'm
0: never going to yeah. not be fascinated by that.
1: It is amazing because he, I mean, I think any parent could say that about anything. Like, you know, I I just, I think that he made it a bigger, he he put it in perspective that if he, he doesn't take care of himself. And if he doesn't model positive diabetes behavior, he's, he's doing a disservice to his daughter and to his his entire family. So I think that it scared him straight a little bit.
0: Yeah. Which oddly means that he didn't see what he was doing as okay for his daughter. It was okay for him, but not okay for her. Right. And I think to take that a step farther for people who are listening, who are adults who have type one and don't have, haven't bumped into the thing yet that shocked them or scared them straight, how you put it, like whatever you don't really need that. That's a false thing. Right. You don't really need a thing to shock you into. You could just quite literally just decide to do it, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and do it. I mean, that's that. Did right. your husband use the podcast at all, or how did that go?
1: No, I don't think my husband has ever listened to an episode ever.
0: And so he
1: is so disconnected from the diabetes community intentionally. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I've taken the total opposite. You know, direction. I immediately jumped in and made connections and started listening and, you know, all of that. Um, He's just done his own thing.
0: I'm so interested and, and in that.
1: I, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, 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 there's part of me that believes that sometimes people are, want to think, like, listen, I have diabetes. I'm going to keep it quiet. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. It isn't going to get me the way it gets. Over. Those other people are sick. Mm-hmm. I'm Mike. You know what I mean? Like putting it on him right. for a second. like Or it, not taking it away from him. Just I, I'm yeah. different than the rest of you. And if mm-hmm. I don't go find the similarities between us, I can continue to pretend that I'm different. Like that's the psychological thing I feel like I see sometimes. Um, I could yeah. be completely wrong. Of course, again, no, I- I'm a guy sitting here that doesn't have diabetes pontificating about what people with diabetes think. It's I, It's just from my perspective from talking to so many people.
1: Exactly. And I do the same thing. And this is why I get unfollowed on Dexcom share by my husband, because (laughs) I don't shut my mouth. And I give little like, you know, what if we raised your tricea, you know, a unit or two? And he's like, all right, unfollowed. Like, I just,
0: that's interesting, though. Why would he? Why would he? I mean, listen, are you managing your daughter? Sorry, you 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 disappeared for a second. You said 98%. Oh,
1: sorry. 98%.
0: Okay. So and and she's doing well? Does she have more stability than he does?
1: I I would say yes. She her 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 numbers are typically lower, but she's more up and down than he is. Mm -hmm. I think that has to maybe do with her age and her activity level and you know, I'm still trying to figure out, like, how aggressive I can be, because sometimes I overdo it. Um, And we're definitely still, I mean, we're only a year and a half in. So I'm, I'm really still trying to find that sweet spot where, you know, like, she still rises at night, like, she still has those things where, like, I think sometimes, because of our experience in our family with having, you know, an adult with diabetes, and then people expect me to know what I'm doing a lot of the time or people like people that I've met have come to me asking for oh what would you do in this how would you bolus for this or da, da, da. I'm like truly have no idea because I'm still trying to figure it out myself.
0: Yeah. Um my thought kind of danced away from me a little bit there, but I mean he has so a desk has- no, no, control. He has a desk job, right? Yeah. He works in an office. So he could probably handle a little yeah. more basil because he's not that active during the day.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I give little, my little, you know, my podcast inspired suggestions. And I think, you know, he, his eyes just roll so far back into his head that I wonder if they will stay there. But, um, it's, you know, I think I, it's, it's all for the greater good. I'm not saying the, you know, I don't give suggestions and do these things to be annoying, which I know I.
0: Yeah, you're not on his butt, right? You're just
1: No, 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 not at all. I'm not like, oh, did you, you know, did you pre bolus for that bowl of pasta? You know, I'm not doing that, but I think I just have seen what little tricks and you know tips have done for Charlie that I'm like, well, you could parlay that into your own, you know, care and you might be able to see a marked difference in a and a lower A1C and more time and range and all of that, but um I also need to learn when to just like stop talking because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I can under, I can flip it and see from his perspective, like, all right, non-diabetic, like you keep giving me all your, all your advice. So it's definitely like a,
0: I, a, I, and
1: I, yeah, it's, it's listen, a give and take.
0: <laughs> I completely understand that, that sentiment you just outlined. Okay. Non-diabetic. Thank you. And it, I can completely, I completely understand it and at the same time i don't understand it at all like who cares right. who gives you good information like why does that matter where it comes from exactly right. like as long as it's good information it is and that's that like i i'm fascinated by that that uh, wanting like it's like think think about what you're saying really he doesn't want to talk to other people about their diabetes but he won't listen to somebody who doesn't have it who might have an idea about it like it's an it's an isolationist right. like he's taken an isolationist footing. He's going to, he's going to stay unto himself about it. And right. It's like,
1: if it doesn't come from the endo, it, it doesn't work. Good luck. Like he was the person. And I think also because his mom handled her diabetes and it was very much the same way. Um, I think that that's definitely taken some, uh, it's, it's, he's unlearning a behavior that is not working in his favor. So, you know, I think, and, and he's not totally closed off to it. And I, I'm, I feel like I'm making him sound like he's this, like, you know, a hermit, like, no, with his same, no, Megan, you know, we, we Lantistos. Are di- for we are 10 dissecting. Years,
0: but... No, we are dissecting a very <laughs> small conversation. Like, tell him, first of all, right. he's never going to hear this, so it doesn't matter. And, and <laughs> right, and exactly. It, it, it's, I'm sure he's a lovely man. I've seen a picture of him on your Instagram. I'd marry him. And, you know, like, he seems like a good dad. So, um, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, he's clearly not a monster. I'm, we're just, we're nitpicking through psychology right now. Not him, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm using no, 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 him I, no. to talk to everybody basically.
1: I I totally agree. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it is just, it's, it's this very interesting place where I think because I manage Charlie so closely, mm-hmm. you know, I think that I've, I just want to share what I'm learning through that and say this this could help this could really help you or really you know change your situation and i mean like he's not on a pump but he has said like once maybe like once horizon comes out or or uh is that what it is it's what gonna be called Omnipod something? five
0: they started to call it horizon oh, and they 5. changed to Omnipod five yeah
1: okay well when that he's like i would really consider that you know so he's not closed off to um to furthering his, you no. know, management and his and his knowledge, I think it, it uh, circles back truly to the fact that he wants to be healthy and he wants to be in control and he wants to be in good shape, but he also doesn't want it to take over his life, which I, I can understand, mm-hmm. like, in a weird way.
0: No, I do, too. I, 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 I completely understand. And I'm having these conversations so that we can find the balance for people listening, not because there's a right. right or wrong answer, but because there are so many people listening, they're all going to have different perspectives. They're all going to have different stressors. They're all going to have, you know, different ideas of what success is. And through these conversations, I just want them to find the path to the best thing that's for them. Like I I do yeah. wonder sometimes, Megan, if people listening understand that I'm not an absolutionist at all. Like I'm not saying anything's the right thing to do. I'm saying here are right. all of your options. Here are things to consider that you may not have considered about how your brain works, your psychology, the interplay you're having with other people. And, and hopefully those conversations bring something out of someone. Like, I'm not silly. I don't think I can just say something and it's going to happen. Because if I did, right, if I thought that, Megan, a couple of minutes ago when you alluded to not pre-bolusing for pasta, I would have gone on a <laughs> seven-minute rant about that. <laughs>
1: I mean, that was just an example. And he does now pre-bolus for pasta. I will say that. He's he's gotten, truly since Charlie's diagnosis, gotten, I mean, exponentially better. But like his mom never pre for anything ever. Like she, I remember vividly going out to a restaurant with her and she would eat her meal and then she would go to the bathroom and she would bolus. And I was like, thinking back on it now, I'm like, that is insane. Insanity, insanity. Like, I just can't, I can't imagine. But I, you know, I think it's just, I've taken such a different approach. And I, I feel like there's so much more information out there that people without the help of an endocrinologist can, or with obviously working also with the endo. But, you know, outside of that, you can, you can learn so much. And, it's just amazing how different things maybe could have been for her care mm-hmm. than they are for my daughter.
0: Yeah. No, I understand. I Listen, I, I I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate him, I mean, letting you talk about it, although I don't know if he's letting you talk about it. But <laughs> <laughs> one day he'll listen. I, you should not tell maybe. him. Yeah, I'll just make the title be something where he won't. Although I really want to call it Charlie bit something. I'm like dying for you to say that Charlie is bit something in the next twenty minutes or so. She
1: bit all of our fingers. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she. Well, yeah, yeah. Charlie's I, I, pancreas I, I, I bit the dust. <laughs>
0: so.
1: That oh, that's a winner.
0: I think I have it. All right. I just don't need. I don't want it to be too convoluted. All right. So tell me. So tell me a little bit about like. Let's go back. You know, you you get done. Your friend. Lauren, you said, right. Um, yes. Thank you, Lauren, by the shout way. Lauren. Yeah, of course. I didn't know we she's were gonna start doing personal shout outs during the podcast, but whatever. Well, we, we, she deserves <laughs> it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, she gives <laughs> you this stuff. You kind of get fast forwarded a little bit. Um, how does Charlie manage since your husband's MDI with Dexcom? Mm-hmm. So how, yeah. is, how is Charlie doing it?
1: So she's on Omnipod. Um, From the hospital, I started not really like a week after I immediately I got, you know, the what is it? The trial Omnipod. I was already talking to insurance about Dexcom. The endocrinologist was pretty open to to pumping early because I think, again, the fact that we kind of had an idea of what we were doing um, helped. But I think within six weeks, she was on Dexcom and Omnipod.
0: Oh wow, okay. And
1: those were some terrible six weeks. I'm not gonna lie. She hated injections. It was some meltdowns. like I have a very even keeled like go with the flow kid for the most part. and I mean, behavior came out of her that I had never seen before. and yeah, I, I don't i I fully understand why her world was absolutely rocked, but it was as a parent, I mean, I'm sure every parent who. Has gone through holding, you know, holding down a kid for an injection or, you know, it, it's, it is heartbreaking. Yeah.
0: I did not enjoy that. Um, no. And, uh,
1: and you had a two-year-old.
0: Yeah. I used to, sometimes I'd have to run after, like I'd have the needle in my hand. Like, you know, I just oh. had, a, I just had a needle. So it's a needle in my hand. It's got insulin. In it. She'd see it. She'd look at me. She She's usually a big smile, but she just, you'd see her feet, <laughs> her feet would plant and then She take off. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, my God. Yeah, get out. I'm I'm like, Arden, it's not gonna be that bad. It'll be over in a second, blah, 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 come over here, sit down for a second. And then she'd sit down. And, you know, the only thing I can uh, relate it to is I've recently seen a couple of um, videos on YouTube where this guy's giving these deep tissue massages. And the people he's doing it to are like squirming off the table to get away from it. He's reaching out and grabbing their (laughs) limbs and bringing them back. And and uh oh, that's i used to i used to have to like in the very beginning until she got accustomed to it and she never loved it but until she got accustomed to it like you'd have to kind of lay over her and you yeah. know while you're doing it this is not a good idea like long term right. psychologically yeah. this is not a good idea you're and gonna I,
1: be scarred from this
0: to this day Arden hates getting an injection like yeah. if it has to happen I mean, she's like wait wait wait, wait it's wait, not wait.
1: fun and I remember, like speaking of you know, when you said it's not that bad, it'll be over soon, which is exactly the mindset you have to take in order to not cry, have a mental breakdown yeah. every time you give a kid. Yeah, yeah. But in the hospital, I remember um, she was she was so upset to get her finger pricked, and I mean, I was like, how bad can it be? I was like, all right, mommy, you will do it first. You know, I pricked my finger. That thing was like like a bayonet. Like <laughs> wasn't that it thing as much was... fun
0: as you were hoping. <laughs>
1: I was like, Oh, it's not that bad. My finger was bruised for like three days. I was like, it was throbbing. I had to ice it. I was like, you know, and I'm telling my five-year-old, you'll be fine. It is okay. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, you you do what's best for your child and no matter the circumstance, but it is definitely one of those situations where I'm like, you know, I'm not living in your body. So I'm just going to tell you that it's not that bad, but you might, this might actually really hurt.
0: Making lesser of evil decisions when it's for your kids is difficult because you're always in your mind imagining perfection or what, Mm -hmm. what a quality decision is maybe. And every time you kind of go below it a little bit, you feel like, Oh, I'm not doing them. This is a disservice. Like the trade off between, I know I shouldn't have, like, I know it was wrong to pin down a two year old and give them an injection. But those were my options in the moment. Like this, right. you know, that yeah, was that. I mean, that. you do what you got to do. And, yeah. you know, she gets like, a little she, she needed
1: the insulin right? figure it out.
0: Yeah. She's going to still eat. I still need to put this insulin in. And by the way, using, you know, for, for other contexts, I didn't know what I was doing back then either. Like on your worst day with 10 minutes worth of listening to this podcast, you were a million times better at that than I was back then. So. I. Oh, really yeah. Felt.
1: And I'm like fully aware of that. Like yeah. I, again, think the fact that I am not currently in like a mental institution would be because I had this kickstart. Like I I think that the ease in which we've sort of absorbed diabetes into our lives is truly because of the people I met, the podcast, and I think probably just sheer will that we would make it work. But it's, I cannot imagine a parent who is in an isolated situation where they don't know anyone where they don't have the information at their fingertips like you know just it 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 can be an isolating scary thing where and you know thinking i don't know what i'm doing and it has to do with my child's you know health and well-being is pretty terrifying Mm
0: -hmm. no i i I agree with you it would be very easy to just crumble and that's why Mm -hmm. i've never once made a judgment about anybody who has in, in any of these situations, whether you're talking about an adult who just can't hack it or children, like parents, like it's, it's not, everybody wasn't meant to fight a fight like this, you know what I mean? Right. Or maybe you, you could have been if you had more time or more experience or more maturity or whatever, like, you know, you know, different experiences leading up to it. I just think that my life, right. was my life was just so difficult that I was like, oh, well, yeah, this makes sense that more difficult things would happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Just add this to the pile.
0: I just, yeah. that's why. My, when, my... When, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, like, when like when you hear me on the podcast say, like, if the zombies come, come find me because I'm going to be alive when it's over. <laughs> I just mean, like yeah, you can take it. Yeah. Zombies are not the hardest, like the worst thing I've thought of. Like, it just, I've seen no. some, I've seen some stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, it definitely hardens you quick a little bit, you know, you have to be willing to, uh, be in some difficult, uncomfortable situation, not willing to, it's just the hand you're dealt, but you know, there will be some difficult on, on you know, uncomfortable situations. And, you know, I think, so it's my, my, I have one sister and she has a developmental disability similar to down syndrome. So, you know, we had a little adversity in our home growing up and I remember, my mom saying, you know, well, she still says it to this day, but people would like give you advice and be like, well, how do you handle the situation this way? Or, Or why don't you just try this? Or, you know, and I never really understood like what that could do to you and to like your brain, but then living with it and having people say stuff, you know, with even just like when Charlie was diagnosed and being like, it's okay. Like she'll feel better soon. Or like, you guys will get through this. Like you're, you know, you're really strong. And you're like thinking people saying that off. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you're, you're, you're fucking kidding me. I right? am sorry. I guess, are we not allowed to swear? Um, I just, now that I've been in this situation, I'm like, how did, how, how, how could anybody ever say anything like that to anyone ever?
0: They think you know? they're helping. Until you've
1: walked a day.
0: It's pressure. I you, guess. you feel pressured to say something. Oh, what are you going to say? hey, your kid's got right. Down syndrome, that sucks. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, right. although I do think, yeah. to be perfectly honest, I think that would be better, right? Like, wow, that sucks. I just think that- um, Right, yeah. a
1: little bit of honesty and truth instead of like, you know, oh, my favorite is when people say like, um, oh, like we're not religious people, so I don't know if whatever, but people like, God only gives you what you can handle, that kind of thing. Yeah, and just like say that to someone who is dealing with a situation and not even diabetes necessarily because, you know, but any, any life altering situation where you're struggling and you're figuring it out, like, I, I just don't, don't tell me that.
0: Well, it's it, <laughs> I, I really the, hard. <laughs> I, I love the opposite side. People never flip around what they say so they can really feel the, the, the intent of it. But so what you're telling me is, is that if I was a big dummy, my kid wouldn't get diabetes. Like that can't right. be true. Can it? and exactly and if it it can are you trying to make me feel bad for the way my brain works like i don't understand like i get the like you can step back from it and see the idea the idea is this you can handle this that's the idea when it comes from a religious bend it's don't worry god wouldn't give this to you if you couldn't handle it like i i understand i understand it but in the moment in the moment you're saying it, you've just told a mother whose child's been diagnosed with an incurable disease, hey, you got this because you were the right one for the job. It's like, are you out right. of your mindset? I don't that want the me? job. Yeah.
1: I didn't want the job. Yeah. yeah.
0: And yeah. Yeah, because the context of the rest of it is like, this isn't gonna go away, you know. Like the the pathway that I imagined that the possibilities that were held for my children feel at this moment gone. Now you'll learn right. later with diabetes that that's not true, but you don't know that in the moment you think no. it's over. You oh think the life you expected is on fire and you're watching it burn.
1: And that was the, in the hospital, we're sitting at Hopkins, you know, we have wonderful nurse and everybody's so great and whatever. And Charlie goes to bed and I laid in her bed with her and wept the whole night. like, inconsolable, just weeping, crying. And the nurse kept coming in and checking on me. Like, she was like, Charlie's fine. You know, like she kept coming. All I could think, I was like Googling, like, when's the cure? Like, what's happening? You know, I mean, this just pity party that I was, I was a mess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I, I didn't know, I, I was thinking so far ahead that it was so, not helpful in the situation. I was, you know, what I, what I would have said to my former self was let's just get through tomorrow. Let's just get through the next meal. Let's just get, you know, but I'm like, she'll never have a sleepover. How will she, you know, will she be able to, will you see her CGM in her wedding dress? Like truly insane mind talk Mm -hmm. that I wish now in retrospect, like I could have had talked myself down from. because it got me nowhere except for just like a rash on my face from crying. But I, I think that that is exactly what you just said. Like, you know, it, you think in the moment that life is over, that life is just, there is, what will you do next? And, you know, two weeks out, three weeks out, a month out, you know, six months out, you realize like, it'll be okay. She'll have a sleepover. Maybe it'll be at our house, but you know, she'll do all the things. Like, She went back to playing sports pretty much immediately. It wasn't. But in that moment, it is it is gut wrenching.
0: Well, we walked out of a a carb counting class at the hospital. And my wife, who's not an overtly emotional person outwardly, uh, looks at me. She's broken up inside and she goes, is Arden going to be able to have kids? And I'm like, my daughter's two. I wasn't ready to think about whether my daughter was going to have kids or not. She's two. And I'm like, and then you're in that moment like, I don't know. What am I going to say? Do I say something comforting? Or do I say something honest? And so I just went for comforting. I was like, yeah, of course. But I was like, "Uh, I don't know. Like, I have no idea about any of this. Um, But it's
1: crazy how your mind goes there so quickly. Oh, yeah. It's like this opposite defense mechanism where you know you're instead of taking one step in front of the other your brain is just like down this path of future situations that yeah you've got, you know, got her with and, retinopathy
0: and I, retinopathy already exactly and, yeah, in your mind listen I had someone tell yes. me I think again something they thought was going to be comforting they said long-term complications from diabetes don't come for like at least 30 years well first of all that's not true, like right, right? And but but still, here's why it wasn't comforting. Cause my kid was two, and right. thirty so plus. Same by the
1: time she's thirty two. Yeah,
0: thirty plus two is thirty two. So, what? Like, don't say anything. Like, I again, I get the con, I get the idea. I know what they were going for. They picked a number that seemed like it was so far in the future. And if you told me that when I was fifty. I don't think that's good either because what I might think is, oh, I won't really live to see bad complications. So I don't have to take care of this. Like, you know, like right, there's a right. there's a lot of import about how you speak to people. And, right. and I don't think like a lot of people think about it.
1: No, absolutely not. But I was on the Facebook group, um, I don't know, maybe yesterday, and which is, by the way, the only reason I will go on Facebook. Otherwise, it is a cesspool. But... um I was on the Facebook group and somebody had said something about uh, what do you sort of look forward to? What do you what do you think about or research about to sort of look forward to for the future of diabetes? And like sometimes I'll let myself go there and be, you know, sort of uh, swept away by, oh, maybe by the time Charlie's in college, you know, she'll be on an artificial pancreas or it'll be something where like. She, you know, doesn't have the carb count and it's it's more of a a, a rote, you know, underlying care procedure. And th- those kind of things I'll let myself go to sometimes. But other than that, it's just, it can just send you down a bad, bad hole.
0: Yeah. No, no, it's, it's not a good idea.
1: Thinking about the future. Yeah. Thinking yeah. about the future in that way. It's like... It's not. It's not worth the time
0: or well. The best negative you can energy do.
1: that I could <laughs> create.
0: Yeah, because you could spend. You could be spending that time on learning real actionable ideas that would help you never reach that future, um, instead exactly. of just worrying about it coming. The truth is, if you spend that much time worrying about it coming and don't do very much about today, it might come. Like, look, exactly. Let's be honest with everybody. You have type one diabetes. It's not great news. Something bad could happen to you, right? It could happen to you in a couple of years. It could happen to you in a couple of decades. It could happen to you. Never. I I don't know. You don't know. There's physiology – It's different between all of you, different impacts that are different in your lives. You're going to choose to eat differently. You're going to choose to exercise differently. Some of you are going to smoke. Some of you are going to drink. Some of you aren't going to. You know, somebody right now has type 1 diabetes and doing heroin. Like there's everyone's making a bevy of different decisions. But But the best you can do is lower your time and range, increase your variability, get your A1C as low as you safely can. Pre-bullish your meals, stay on top of fluctuations, change your basil when it needs to be changed. Do those few little things and then go live your life. And some of you are going to make it to 120 and some of you are going to make it to 100 and some of you are going to make it to 80 and somebody's going to make it to 60. And there are people listening to this episode right now who I personally know are listening who are in their 50s and wondering how much longer they have because they were diagnosed 30 and 40 years ago before anybody paid attention to any of this stuff. So mm-hmm. you can worry all you want, but if I was you, I'd, I'd do something and, and give yourself the best shot that you have. That's all I'm doing for my daughter. You know, I could jump on this podcast one day and tell you something terrible's happened to Arden, but all I would have as solace is that we did the right things. We did them as soon as we could figure them out. And, and this is, this is it. Is, you know, life rolled dice, and this is how they come up. Maybe she makes it. I right. don't know. Forever, and it, I don't know. You, you're not going to get a guarantee if that's what you're looking for. So exactly, you know, it's just what. It and is. I think
1: that that's the biggest takeaway from you know, back to the podcast is being have getting those tools as quickly as possible to lower your chances of to. to lower your chances of bad things happening in the mean, you know, sort of in the interim is massively important just to, to jump right in. And I I understand there's a, you know, a a period that you're going to grieve and you're going to be upset and, you know, have a time where you're figuring it out, but to be able to sort of take the information that is there and just do, do something about it, just take little steps, make little changes and, you know, do the best you can do every day. It's Mm -hmm. just, I think that's been like the truly the coolest part about this is there are obviously a lot of things that I don't have control of that we don't have control of with Charlie's health, Mike's health with everything really. But the fact that we've been gifted these tools to help make it a little bit better every day is, gives me a sense of peace.
0: Good. That's excellent it's really all yeah. you can do you can't control yeah. the world you can't control disease you can't control your body you can do the best things that you can do you listen if you've got yeah. the money maybe you'll do some blood tests one day and think about it more deeply learn that your vitamin d is a little off that your irons a little off that your b12 could be here and make these little adjustments for yourself there are ways to help yourself but they're not magical you're not going to take b12 mm-hmm. and live to 300 you, you know like it's it's You can do small things and, you know, you can get a little bit of exercise. That's a big deal. When Arden is exercising, she uses significantly less insulin.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's just that that, that's a big deal. It it all it'll all add up if you're lucky. And most of you will end up being lucky. Like we people who are diagnosed right now, you know, who have access to this technology, you got a really great shot. You know, I mean, a really, really solid, honest shot at living a healthy life. And to be perfectly honest, some of the healthiest people I know have type one diabetes because they're so freaking focused on themselves that they're like aware of something the second it goes wrong, where other people you Absolutely. know, get a pain. And three years later, they're like, I should probably do something about this. So, yeah, listen. Yeah,
1: it is. It, it's being diagnosed in this in today's age with the technology and the, you know, at our fingertips is unbelievable like you know i even this more last night we had a sensor failure and we had to so she charlie slept all night without a dexcom on Mm -hmm. and i kept waking up and panicking a little bit and being like it's okay you know it'll be okay but the fact that we have the amount of information and sort of sense of um of comfort knowing, you know, I'm watching her. She's at camp right now Mm -hmm. and I'm watching her blood sugar all day. And it's just, we're giving, she has a better shot at good health. Exactly what you just said. It's just, it that is very comforting. Yeah.
0: Why? I mean, listen, if you think you can control the universe, good luck. Uh, but I'd let it go if I was you, you you know, anybody who's, who's (laughs) out there like, Oh, I wanted it to be perfect. It's not perfect. So we give up or we throw it away like that's that's right. just ridiculous like listen i understand i was a young person at one point too I was making plans to have a family. I never once, while I was making those plans, thought, oh, I'll also have to consider what happens when this happens, or this bad thing happens, or, or a lady rear-ends me one day, or I get up and my back really hurts, or I get plantar fasciitis in my 40s and have a hard time moving mm, around. That hurts, you. though.
1: Yeah. Plantar fasciitis is hard.
0: It's terrible, right? Like, yeah. And when it happened-
1: Yeah, very painful.
0: I didn't know what to do. You know what? And you go to a doctor, and the doctors are, let's just say, less than helpful. So- it, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I got rid of my plantar fasciitis with YouTube and a twenty dollar insole on Amazon. Like like it's not. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I had been going to doctors for a while, and I was like, and I resolved myself at one point. I thought, well, I guess I'm a person who doesn't get to move quickly anymore or stand on their feet for very long. Like, and then th- when you when that comes to you, if you're really thinking, the next thing I thought was, well, I guess I'm going to die sooner because I can't exercise as much. You know, like, I guess, right. I'm gonna, I guess I'm not going to have the life I thought because my feet. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. I was like, I got to be able to get rid of this somehow.
1: There's yeah. got to be a Reddit subpage for this.
0: Yeah. Somebody must know this. or have had some but sort yeah. of success. And let me go find out. And to, honestly, that's the way I think about the podcast. Like if, if you listen yeah. to this podcast and you think, screw you, it's not that easy. You know, I can't do it. I, listen, everybody's welcome to their own thoughts. I prefer to see it as aspirational. I think if someone can do it, then someone else could do it. And that's it to me. That's absolutely. Yeah. That's it.
1: I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And if you did disagree, would you tell me, wouldn't that be great? If you were like, Scott, that was, yeah,
1: actually that's asinine. (laughs) You're wrong. Um, (laughs) No, but it is. And I think that that paired with a sense of community and feeling that, you know, you're not at it alone and, you know, it's just very important. It makes, it makes a big difference. It's so important.
0: Yes, it does. And so that's why I think people who find themselves in the situation that we discussed earlier. And I think a lot of people do about being isolated. I think that's a mistake. I think that if it, if you get online and see a person living with diabetes and they make you uncomfortable, you probably should look hard and see if that isn't how you feel about yourself. You know, like that's not, yeah. um, it's, it's, listen, therapy's not rocket science. I'm not saying I could do it. Um, and I'm not denigrating the people <laughs> who do, but
1: you are doing there's it.
0: a lot of common sense. Megan is all I'm saying. <laughs> it's like the getting it done <laughs> I mean, is, this hard. is
1: basically a form of therapy. Is it not?
0: I believe everyone should have to pay me $40 a week. Like a copay. Yes. <laughs> I
1: think you can charge Way more than that. Well, but... hold on
0: a second. Let me just do, I'm going to do some math real quick. <laughs> 40 uh, times. I'm not gonna tell you how many people I think are listening. I'm just gonna do the math here real quickly. Oh wow. If you guys you could, could just do that one week. <laughs> if you guys could all just yeah, do that this could one be week. It
1: for you.
0: Uh I gotta be honest, if you all did it one week, I might be gone. <laughs> you might be yeah. Like, I don't know where that podcast is. Yeah, in, you know, Cancun
1: in your in your new
0: house. Oh, Megan, you're being oh, yeah. you're not thinking big enough. I know how many people are listening. Sorry. To this. Yeah, where no, no. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, hey, listen, everyone send me $40. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Uh, I'm out of here. No, I would, I have to be honest with you. That was a big number I just used on my calculator. If that amount of money magically showed up here tomorrow, be serious for a second. But if right? you
1: left the podcast, then I would be to blame for bringing this idea up and. I would probably get some hate now.
0: They would probably get you ripped up on Instagram pretty good, but that's not what I mean. Yeah. But, well, here's what I was gonna say. <laughs> if the amount of money I just saw, which by the way was staggering, showed up at my home tomorrow. If you all just were like, all right, I'll give the guy forty dollars. Like if that happened, I would I well first I would I'd giggle for a few minutes, probably. Then and, and then and then when that was over, uh I would do very responsible things and I would just double down on the podcast. I'd hire oh yeah I'd hire animators to animate the episodes so that people who are visual learners could could understand them. I'd get lighting and start doing more stuff live. I would talk to more people I'd go to more hospitals and talk like I would just see that as, as like I can imagine the things where I could lighten my load right now like I could actually afford to hire a person who could edit the show. With my sensibility. I love this. Right? Like, so but, like all that would happen.
1: Wouldn't be that hard. And you know that the majority of people who listen to this podcast, because of the invaluable information that we've all gotten, they would be happy to do it. So I think you should up it to 50. I'll get 10%. And... Wait,
0: why are you getting it. paid? But what just happened, I- Megan? <laughs> It was had, my idea, I gotta pay the tax. It? Well, I gotta pay the tax burden. <laughs> what are you talking about? You think when you think when like I have a buy me a coffee page, where by the way, people are I I, I should tell you, this is the first time I can say this in a recording. I am sitting in a really expensive chair right now. Um that's that. so good I have, on my I sent a little money for your birthday. I hope I hope it I forgot to send a note
1: though. I was embarrassed.
0: Well, I know. appreciate that very much, but my back is is a thousand times better over the last 24 hours from this chair and it's 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 listen it's expensive i'm not going to say it's not um and it's something because i grew up really broke that even if i was looking at the money and i was like i can afford to take this money and buy this chair i never would have done it like i would have sat here in pain look at me i chastised your husband for this 45 minutes ago and now (laughs) i'm God damn it!
1: God damn (laughs) it! The circle, full
0: circle. Oh damn it! And now I'm admitting to it. If 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 the money was here, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done it. I would have found something more important to do with it. Even if you would have said, "Hey Scott, let me give you a couple dollars for the podcast," I'd help the podcast. I'd help. I'd pay my mortgage. I'd send my kids to college. I would. Me would be the last. Holy crap! Look at this. Me would be the last thing I would do.
1: Yeah.
0: But because you guys all. It happened on the Facebook page. Some lovely person put up a post and said, like, let's buy Scott a cup of coffee for his birthday. And then I think in the course of the post, when it really started doubling up, and I mean, I'm, I'm being honest, like thousands of dollars were, were coming. And I said, uh, somebody asked me what I would do with the money. And I said, I, maybe I would buy a chair because my back hurts. And I sit, I, you know, to make you guys this podcast, I sit here about seven hours, like about six days a week. Like doing work, you'll never see, right? And once I said it out loud, and once the people who were putting the money in were like, yes, get yourself a chair, that would make me happy. That easily allowed me to buy the chair. And I'm a person who, if I buy anything, it takes me two weeks to get to do it. Like, I'll think, I do need oh, this. Oh, yeah. My husband's, I
1: husband's the same way.
0: Research it. Then I feel bad about it for a while. Then there's a little yep. self-flagellation. Then I re-research it, right? I'm horrible. Like, I shop in a horrible way. <laughs> I got this money, and I, I know as crazy as it sounds, it felt to me like this is what people wanted, and it was okay then. And so I just had click, to make the people happy. Click, click, click. And four days later, the chair showed up at my house. And it's amazing. Amazing, Yeah, it, it, it has these Good. tiny adjustments that you would never consider if you just bought a regular office chair, like, at Staples or something. And you just turn right. a knob and you're like, oh, that's great on my back. This is amazing. And it's it's I, I, I just I can't thank everybody enough. And now I've learned a valuable lesson from talking it through with you. So. <laughs> your husband gets a pass on the See? Whole, yeah, taking care
1: thing. of yourself yep i guess uh mike's now scott free yeah, sc- sc- yeah. Ooh,
0: was that on purpose i love oh. that
1: no but now i heard it out loud and it made perfect sense
0: lovely well <laughs> poor charlie's not getting her name in this title i can tell you that much
1: <laughs> i clearly unless she's like, she's like low man on the totem pole here
0: does she love tuna because if she did i would totally call it charlie tuna <laughs> No. No. She
1: doesn't. But she is an excellent eater. Does not eat tuna though.
0: Charlie doesn't eat tuna. It's not exactly a No. No, it
1: doesn't episode. have that ring no, that
0: doesn't. ring to it. All right. Damn. Yeah. Oh. Well.
1: But Wait. her pancreas did bite dust and that was very witty. Uh, yeah,
0: all right. Well, listen. When I get back to editing this in a couple of months, <laughs> if that's what sticks out to me. I'll be like, "Done. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you were it. hoping to talk about?"
1: Um I don't so, cool. um, yeah, I think that was pretty much everything.
0: We did it. This is lovely. Thank you yeah. very much.
1: Sorry if it was like diverted. I, I think I, you know,
0: oh, Megan. Mike,
1: Mike brought up a lot of,
0: Megan, you know, are you a type a Megan?
1: <laughs> just a little.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like there are rules and we didn't follow them? Is that making you upset?
1: No, I'm not upset. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just going with the flow. <laughs>
0: Thanks to for my forty dollars therapy session. Yeah, uh, this. The, listen, um, here's a, here's a, here's a free um a, a a free piece of advice for all of you trying to rip off my podcast out there. I see you. So, anyway, uh, you're doing it wrong and you're doing it poorly because you're adhering to this like stringent idea of what you think the episodes are supposed to be. And I'm guessing uh, when you try to divert, you just don't have the personality to hold it up. So, oh well for you. But Yay for me. Well, there you go. <laughs> not <good>. That part <laughs> probably gets cut out, Megan. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. I'm so there bad at
1: kind of a lot of like biters right now.
0: I say stuff it's
1: happening. Y-
0: you see a lot of what? Excuse me?
1: People like biting off your podcast.
0: They're trying, but they can't not, do it.
1: They're not good.
0: I know. That's what makes it. Yeah, that's why I'm comfortable here. I'm not comfortable. I'm yep. by the way, if you knew me uh, personally, I'm incredibly, incredibly, incredibly competitive. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> um, well, there you go. Yeah, with myself mostly, uh, and the podcast. Being serious, the podcast means a lot to me because of what it means to people, and I have I've mentioned this before, but in the past, I've seen. I was going to say Johnny come lately's, but that made me sound like I was a thousand years old. So I stopped that, myself that aged head. you a bit. What that's why so okay. I, I believe the truth of what's happening is twofold. I have ads and people think, ooh, I can make money on this. I'll try it. How hard could it be to make a podcast? Well, jokes on you is really hard. And the yeah. second thing is there are so many people trying to make money coaching people. And they're tr- and then they they put it up on Instagram or online. They're like, I'm a co-. usually it's people who have type one diabetes and great abs. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I have great yeah. abs and I have diabetes. Wouldn't you like to be me? Uh, you know, and for six hundred dollars, yeah. I'll talk to you for the next three months or whatever it is they do to people, right? To tell them about pre-bolusing, you know, or like just I don't know. To me, it feels weird taking money from people like that. <laughs> the guy who earlier said, if you right. just send me forty dollars, I could live. There. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But you know different different situations.
0: I I do see it differently. Like I um I can go down that rabbit hole with you if you want to. But but I so what they do is they start these businesses, which I'm making air quotes with, and then those businesses don't do anything because I don't know if you're understanding this or not, but Instagram's not a business. So you you know, if you have a thousand followers, you're gonna be lucky to find ten people. So while they do get people to coach, And they're probably making, I'd say, a significant amount of money off of it. It's not what they expect it to be. They want it to be more. And a lot of them try to start a podcast. So they want to give you a tiny bit of information in the podcast, then drive you back to the coaching business. Right.
1: Get you to sign up for the next thing. It
0: is a very common practice nowadays. And so I'm fundamentally against that idea for me, not for them. People could do whatever they want. I don't think it works. I don't think it's... um, I don't like taking money from patients for information, like um, patients or listeners in this situation. Like I'm very comfortable with advertisers paying so you can hear the show. Like I'm, I'm, right. I'm but it's also a- incredibly
1: expensive, like the little I've seen of, of coaching and all of that. I mean, pretty uh, unattainable for most people.
0: Yeah, they want a lot of money. And in the end, yeah. in the end, they're going to stretch out telling you this get your basil right, pre your meals, understand right. the difference of different foods, stay flexible, You know, stop your blood sugars from going, blah, 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 if you're using a Dexcom, set your high alarms a little lower, all the stuff I'm happy to tell you for free here. And right. I will tell you that sometimes I watch, there's this one person I have in mind, my episodes come out, and seven to 10 days later, their content mimics what my episode was previously. And huh. I, I always laugh. I, I and uh, sometimes people send me notes and they're like this person speaking it appears to be Jenny's voice in a different voice and I'm like oh they they uh, using a lot of words Jenny used did they <laughs> so uh oh my god but, but it's just what it is it's fine like I I mean I think that's honestly it, it's it's not nice but I mean it's well it's
1: a- flattering in that people want. To mimic what you're doing and what you've done and what you've been successful with and the community you've, you know, developed. But at the same time, it's like, if you have no original content, you're basically just selling like your pretty Instagram page. Like what,
0: what's the point? Well, the point is they're probably making, probably making a few thousand to tens of thousands of dollars a year doing it. So if you live in the right Right. part of the country, I mean, listen, how much did you see that some of that going for? The coaching.
1: Oh, like I forgot. I mean, maybe like twelve to fifteen hundred dollars kind of thing. Maybe more. Maybe twenty five.
0: So, so we'll say fifteen hundred for fun, and put that on you getting fifty people a year to do it. That's seventy five thousand dollars.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. That's a living. That is a, a yeah good living, and so you know, I don't think you should have to pay $1,500 to find out how insulin works. And, um, I'm happy to take money from companies so that I can spend all this time putting this content together. I also think in fairness, this podcast is a repository at this point. It's not just a couple of ideas. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of information in here and it mostly comes from people's, um, experiences, which I don't pay for. And I'm grateful for, you know, like you're, I'm not paying you to be on the podcast and, um, I will make money on this episode, but it it's right. going to allow me to buy computers and it's in the end it's my time that allows the most because I'm a person and I have a family and bills and if I am, I can't spend all day making you a podcast if it doesn't make money because I have a family and I have bills. So I would have to go get a different Exactly. Time. That's all. It's pretty common sense. I think.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think that's yeah, common sense.
0: But all that will be moot when everyone sit- listening sends me forty dollars tomorrow, <laughs> and I'm a millionaire.
1: <laughs> uh, then you're gonna have seventy five chairs and oh, a beach
0: house. Chairs? I'm gonna pay people to stand behind me and hold me up, <laughs> 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 like with a sling, and they'll stand uh, on either a side. Rub, yeah, a
1: back rub. Well, you podcast.
0: I would imagine there okay. should be somebody rubbing my back during that. Once this happens. Um, Uh, It it really is. Listen, there was a moment where uh, a company came to me and said, put your podcast behind a paywall and we'll charge a dollar an episode. That's very reasonable, they said. People can afford that, they said. If everybody, you know, it, it would cost somebody $500 to listen to all the episodes. That's very reasonable. And I was like, I don't think that's right. And the person says, how many downloads do you have? And at that time, I had $3 million. And they go, well, that's $3 million, you know. And I was like, no, <laughs> don't say uh, that. Yeah. I was like, um, but I-, I don't say that because I don't think it is. Because right. I think the minute you charge for it, a lot of people would say, oh, I'd rather not. Or right. a-, a lot of people might see an episode called Charlie's Pancreas Bit the Dust and go, no, nah, not that one. <laughs> but... But then think of all the stuff they'd have lost in here. Like, I mean, not this last 20 minutes where you and I are basically just having a conversation on the phone together, but like, you know, like the, um, the, the beginning part about the psychological, psychological stuff and the interpersonal stuff, like that's important. And if I call an episode, the psychological import of type one diabetes in family, blah, 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 ain't nobody gonna listen to that either. So there's a way to get people to listen. And I think that any amount of money is a barrier. Would I like to have $4 million? I would. <laughs> but that's not how this works right? in my mind. And so. Yeah.
1: And I mean, not that, not obviously you have to make a living and, you know, it, I understand monetizing it to some capacity, but you also are like doing a service to this community that, I mean, is invaluable. You're like, it's like for the greater good of, yeah. you know, type one and for people who are struggling and, you know, again, not to, not to say you shouldn't make a living doing it because it's it's incredibly, you know, time yeah. consuming and uh, it's a full-time job, I'm sure. It but is, 100%. But it's, it's yeah. an incredible service to all of us.
0: I was it's happy. Like, thank you. I Thank you very much. I was happy to tell um, an advertiser the other day while we were, we were talking about 2022 already and... Um, and I said, listen, I feel really fortunate. I have uh, a job that I really like, that um, I think it makes my life better. It helps people, and I make a living from it. I said, that's, I mean, if you could have found me when I was 18 and told me one day you'll do something you enjoy that helps people, I would be like, wow, that seems impossible, really.
1: Sign me up. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'll do that, right? So yeah. um, it, I think the it, the numbers get weird. Like, is there a number in your head where you'd be uncomfortable if I made that much money doing this? No, no. So you, you find the podcast valuable enough that if, if for some reason I, I, for some reason, everybody gave me $40 tomorrow, you'd be like, good, good for him.
1: Absolutely. Because you had the wherewithal to, to start it. You, it's just, it takes a certain, you know, personality and certain, uh, go-getterness to even put it together and make it make it make sense and then make it accessible to all these people in the way that it's formatted it's just it's not it's just done in a way that's so accessible and why would i say because you're having conversations with people who aren't getting paid who are you know sharing their experiences with type 1 diabetes that you shouldn't make you know an excessive amount of money because you had the idea and you created this wonderful platform Thank like you. Go, Go ahead. Well, I appreciate that. Like, that is, I'd be
0: thrilled. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm never going to make a, that much money off of it. But I, I, I do, <laughs> do want to be able to pay my bills and I'd like to drive the car I want to drive and stuff like that. Right. Like, that's not crazy. There's right?
1: nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I will, yeah. I'll tell you this. You, you made a point a minute ago that's so spot on and people who don't have a podcast or aren't trying to build something would not know. But in the last 20 minutes, I don't know what made me do it. I reset my Um, I reset the downloads in front of me. They're on another screen. And so I saw the number and we spoke for about 20 minutes and I reset them again. And in that 20 minutes, more people have downloaded the podcast than downloaded it the first month it was out. That's amazing. No, but, but of course it is. That's not why I'm saying it. (laughs) Why I'm saying it is (laughs) Megan. Hold on. Why I'm saying that is when you're busy getting a thousand downloads a month, you go ahead and try to find the enthusiasm to make more podcasts in 2015 to grow something so that it's at scale in 2021. That's a long-term investment. I had plenty of times along the way where if all I, it didn't make any money or if it made money, it wasn't nearly enough to sustain me. And so there were plenty of times along the way where if I didn't Care about how much the podcast appeared to be helping people. I would have abandoned it if it was just about money, right? Right. It's just become. I mean, it's been popular for probably. I call. I, I think it's been popular forever in context of what else was available, but it is overtly popular now based on what else is available right now, and that's only been maybe for the last three and a half years. But oh
1: yeah, I mean, of all the newly diagnosed people that I've spoken to in the last even say six months before I even say, and make sure you're listening to juice box podcast. You're like, Oh yeah. Our, our endo told us in the hospital or, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's, it's becoming yeah common, like commonplace with a diagnosis, which I think, I, I mean, I would think you would be incredibly proud of because it's, oh I am it's really, yeah, it's, it's yeah. really amazing. And just the amount of content and information for people is, it's overwhelming in right. a positive way.
0: One of the, one of the advertisers that i I mean, it's the summer now in 2021 and I'm already having conversations about like 2022, um, mm-hmm. because the advertisers are excited to come back. And, uh, one of them said the other day, how did they put it? Um, that even though the show is seven years old, it, it really is in kind of its infancy still. And it's just starting mm-hmm. to kind of blossom, like right now. Like it's really, like it, uh, it's doubling over itself. Like it's just, it's just jumping and jumping and jumping. And yeah. so, because um, it's easy for me to think, oh, seven years. How long could I possibly, like, keep this alive? Not how long would I want to do it. I'd want to do it forever. But how long could I keep it alive? Used to be a big concern of mine. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like trying to anyone who's well, never tried it, to grow it's a business that
1: now, right?
0: Yeah. Now now it's about content. How
1: long are you going to be interested in it? Yeah. How long are you going to want to continue this, you know, work? And maybe once you can bring on, you know, somebody to edit it or whatever, maybe it, you know, makes it, it it elongates the longevity of it. But Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm a small business owner and my business, I mean, very different. I'm a graphic designer, but it's just growing a business, no matter what it is, is incredibly hard work and nonstop. You're never not thinking about it. It's it's all on you. I mean, yeah. it's 100. You are the only person to look at when you fail. Like it's it's a lot of yeah. pressure, especially when you know you're looking to make money from it. Yeah, and it so, never leaps. Yeah. Like
0: like it, it, growth is so steady. It's frustrating. Like you just like I've yeah. had this thought before. Like I just want to wake up one day one day and go why do i have so many more downloads today than i ever have before like i've ne- i have constant right. growth which is great but like it's never just made a big leap and i mean right. I- don't get me wrong month over month i've seen leaps of sometimes 20,000 25,000 which trust me is a lot but still like i'd still rather have Five thousand more this month than I had last month. Five thousand next month versus like that kind of thing. I'd like to see the steadiness of growth is important, but it's hard to be excited by it sometimes because you're putting right. so yeah. much effort into it. You know. Yeah. Let's well, turn into a completely different yeah. podcast about small <laughs> business owners. It's weird about to the think-
1: longevity of the podcast.
0: Well, you're and if you're a small business owner, what did you say you're making?
1: Well, I am a graphic designer, but I mostly do like custom wedding invitations. So oh. it's like a very niche uh in the wedding industry is, you know, an absolute just hard place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it's and I've had the business since twenty eleven and I've grown it very slowly, but you know, I've made a name for myself and whatever. But it's like and the burnout is real. Like you work so hard all the time and you know, for sometimes it feels like for peanuts and it's like, what's the point? You know, there come the days where it's like, what's the point? And I'm sure when you're seeing those small growth months that it's in the beginning when you were like, is this sustainable? But I'm sure there's times you sit
0: sit down and you're like, Oh good. I'm going to make another wedding (laughs) invitation. I used to love it. I Yay. used to love this. Yeah. Yeah, no. and oh, then there's, good. I, I find that taking breaks for too long is bad. Because if I, like one time yeah. I, I got myself way ahead and I was like, I'm going to give myself a week off. And so I didn't record for a week and I didn't edit for a week. And then I got back and I sat down and I was like, okay. Like, how do right. I, like, so I just, now I've learned if I take a break, when I come back from a, a break, days. it should go into an interview. Because I love talking to people. It should not go into editing. Because if it goes into editing, I sit there no. like, "Oh dear God," you know. So why
1: did I do this to myself? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. I feel like once you've like seen, you know, the light where you're like, "Oh man, I don't have to like hustle so hard every day." I mean, then you go right back into it, and it's it can be jarring. But right. um, okay, yeah,
0: I, yeah, I agree. Totally agree, Megan, yeah. you were terrific. I really appreciate you doing this. And I, oh, I, oh,
1: thanks, Scott. I thanks
0: got some therapy so at the end too. That for was nice
1: having me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I got to go back. I really appreciate it. No, no, it's my pleasure. I have to go back and take out the place where you said f**k, and I said it. And then, um, I know, or but you forget. said first. I did. I said first.
1: So then I was like, oh, we can say because I had to actively clean up my language to for the, for the families. And uh, <laughs> this my, my my uh, my language is not good. Like the other day, my son is four, four, yeah, four, and he my husband got a new car and he kind of like he was in the back with us and he kind of like gunned it you know like Mm -hmm. seeing how fast you know the acceleration was and jack my four-year-old in the back seat just looks at mike and goes what the fuck dad (laughs) like perfectly like on this like it was so perfect that we looked at each other we're like we can't we can't even be mad because it was so well used but
0: and i imagine you're modeling it pretty well around the house too Modeling it. Yes. I'm yeah. just
1: a model of behavior.
0: And <laughs> language. Well, I got <laughs> uh,
1: my journalism degree coming back in.
0: Yeah, no, I, um, I definitely, uh, listen, there's part of me that wants to curse on the podcast and it's funny. I wouldn't do it that much. It would just happen like naturally if it was going to happen, but then but you I really
1: get comments.
0: Well, it would just, it would, it would eliminate some people from being able to listen. So I don't want to do that. Right. You know,
1: no, I totally agree.
0: Maybe in the last year of the show, like at the very last year, when I'm like, this is it. This is the last year. I'm taking the safe.
1: Just let it go. Yeah.
0: I'm just going to, I'll put an explicit tag on it and we'll just talk about <laughs> diabetes with a lot of bad words. Uh, anyway. All right. I love it. Thank awesome. you so much. Would you hold on one second? Thank you, me? Scott. Thank you. Yeah. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors. GVOKE GLUCAGON. Find out more about GVOKE Hypopen at GVOKEGLUCAGON.com forward slash juicebox. You spell that com forward slash juicebox. Thanks also to Touched by Type 1 for being a longtime sponsor of the Juicebox podcast. By now, you better have gone to the bathroom. And if not, I want you in there right now. Do you need fiber? Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.